Problem Solved is supported by ACAM, a property management company serving the New York metro area and South Florida since 1983. Focusing exclusively on third-party property management, ACAM delivers a wide range of services, including capital project management, compliance, energy management, staff hospitality training, and industry-leading technology. To learn how ACAM can service your building, visit ACAM.com today. Welcome to Problem Solved, a conversation about problems that have been solved in New York co-op and condo buildings. I'm Paula Chin, and my guest today is Marilyn Sygrove, president of Sygrove Associates Design Group. Welcome, Marilyn. Good morning. Location is everything, as they say, and that includes doorman stations. In older co-ops and condos, stations are often situated in places that make doorman's job a lot harder and can also affect quality of life in the building. I understand that's a problem you dealt with recently. Yes, and actually deal with in most cases when designing doorman stations because Many of the post-war buildings, lifestyles were very different. Doorman stations were not necessarily next to the door. So the first thing we try to do is to coordinate our designs where doorman stations need to be in a reasonable proximity to the door as well as to package space, which is critical. What was the particular problem at this building? In this building, the station was in an awkward position for the doorman. Either he hung out at the station, then he was away from the door, or he hung out in the vestibule waiting for someone at the curb so that he could open the door for them. And then he'd have to go inside the building, either announce them from behind his desk, or he'd have to retrieve packages for the incoming residents. So it was just a combination of really dysfunctional placement. And what about the package room situation? Was that located in a bad space? They primarily had a walk-in package closet, which in our view is wonderful to have that much space, but bad for other things. So for example, bad for communications, bad for service, and bad for security presence in the lobby. Once the doorman goes into a package closet, he is lost in essence from view. And to us, that's not an optimum solution. So what we did was we looked at the lobby holistically and found that there was undiscovered, underutilized space in that lobby that through probes and inquiries, we were able to determine we could actually convert that space into usable package storage right within the lobby. And our solution was to create beautiful decorative doors so that you actually wouldn't even know that it was package space. Can you tell us how you presented it to the board? Did you offer them several plans, what the cost was, and how did they make their decision? When we are hired, we will survey the space. We will also get input from the board and or the committee as to what their priorities are. And then we will prepare three designs. I had already done a preliminary budget estimate to give them an idea of what the lobby would cost, including additional package space, new desk, finishes and furnishings. And in this particular case, new entry doors with sliding doors. So our designs were really geared towards that original agreed budget range. 
And so we prepared three designs with three different options of locating the desk, facing in different directions, how we would capture additional package space, how the new sliding doors would work with a vestibule and the secondary set of swing doors. So there's a lot to it. We meet with them. We present the three schemes and they will comment. Gee, we love the layout of A. We like the style of B, but we love the color of C. And by the end of that meeting, which generally runs about an hour and a half to two hours, once we listen to everyone's feedback, we're able to get a consensus as to their responses to our design, and we are able to finalize a design. Can we go back to the vestibule and the street doors? What were they, and then how was that redone, and what was the benefit of that? There were two sets of doors. There was the main entry doors, which were swing doors. There was another interior set of vestibule doors, but they were perpendicular to each other. So it wasn't a straight run where you would go through the front doors and then walk a few more steps and go directly through the vestibule doors. And the doorman was inside of the lobby past those two sets of doors where he didn't have easy access. So the building was very interested in investigating the exterior doors being sliding doors. This way, when a resident comes to the building, those doors open. If it's terribly cold, those secondary doors are generally closed, but the doorman would be able to open them in close proximity to the desk. During lovely weather, those secondary doors could be open, so residents and guests would basically have easy access into the lobby. It also gave the opportunity for the doorman to be freed up to do whatever services were requested of him at that time. And what about the actual doorman desk? Was that changed as well? Were there problems with it originally? Yes. We find in our experience that most lobbies are not addressed for 15, 20, 25 years at a time. So as you can imagine, the amount of technology that has changed, whether it's security monitors, key drawers for distributing keys to dog walkers or someone that's cleaning your apartment or guests, that type of technology is now readily available. Also, in the olden days, intercom panels were very large and had all 200 apartments, a button for each one. That has changed, and now it is often done with a dial-up system so that the doorman doesn't have any cumbersome equipment at the desk. He just has a phone. So the desk was completely revamped. Also, with health concerns today, whether COVID or post-COVID, we were asked to create some type of health screen for the door staff so that if a delivery person or a guest comes to the desk, there is a barrier. But rather than it being something that is very temporary looking. We actually designed it with the same antique bronze trim finishes and plexiglass where it looks as though it were intended and belonged with the entire design of the lobby. Marilyn, what's the takeaway here for buildings that are doing lobby renovations? I think the most important thing is to have a design team. Take a look at your lobby holistically before you decide to say, gee, let's just do the desk or let's just do the doors. Lobbies are generally large and they are very large investment. So the takeaway would be to take a good hard look at all of the key elements before making a decision and plan for your investment to really pay off long-term. And is that what the board did here? 
Absolutely. They also did their elevator cabs and hallways because they recognized that in doing one space, the other spaces would have a tendency to be of a lesser level, if you will. It may have all the new bells and whistles for service and convenience, but the aesthetic was inspired by its heritage and its proximity to, in this particular case, the East River. So it was very well received. It's a long-lasting design, and I hope that we will hear from them in 20 to 25 years about a little tweaking here and there. Marilyn, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. 